The room is relationships. The room is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to The Room Minute. The podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room. One minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 53 of The Room. The minute where love is blind. Yeah, or it's blonde, but we'll get to that. Or it's blonde. Marilyn would say love is blonde. In which, how do these people know each other? Johnny's a banker. Lisa works with computers. Denny is a prostitute and or a college student who deals drugs. Peter is a psychologist. Mark is a... He wears a tux and drives a car. What the hell is Mark? Well, yeah, what is he? A chauffeur? (laughs) I don't know. Well, Greg Sestero likes to think he's a cop, but I'm not buying it because he doesn't pick up on clues very well. I feel like I answered it last minute. They know each other because San Francisco has one apartment building. Exactly. That does explain the high rents, yeah. This is the only apartment building, and they all live there. Come on, knock on my door. <laughs> yeah, it, it might be the <laughs> it might be the only explanation, really, is they all just live in this building. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. With the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Dance on our floor. Come and dance on our floor. Take a step that is new. Take a step that is new. We've a lovable space that needs your face. Three's company too. You'll see that life is a ball again. Laughter is calling for you. Down at our rendezvous. Down at our rendezvous. Three's company too. I always assumed that Peter was Johnny's psychologist. That this was just uh, a. <laughs> I don't know why they're. Yeah, but would you make a house call? Oof. Would you make or like make it friendly if you're trying to be a professional? That would be a huge conflict of interest. Well, that's why they're only drinking water, right? They don't, he doesn't want to drink on the job. Are we sure there's not vodka? Well, Johnny complains later that he always plays psychologist with him. Peter, you always play psychologist with us. So I don't think he is his psychologist. He's just a friend who they all just turn yeah. to because he's that's his job and he he doesn't want to do it. Because once you're in kind of like if you're the psychologist or a psychiatrist and you're in this uh Tommy was so didn't know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But if you're in this type of environment that's very open mm-hmm. where friends can come in, this is where a lot of conflict happens because the person you're talking to does change based on who's in the room. If you act more crude around certain friends or Mm, if you act more submissive around certain people, Mm -hmm. this is not the best environment to try to talk to someone to try and do breakthroughs of how that person is actually feeling. Some people would be a little bit more guarded around other people or be a little more uh, abrasive. So it would be weird if this is his uh, uh, therapist in his house. Especially where people just kind of walk in. Yeah. Does Johnny seem like the type of guy who would make friends with his therapist? 
Yeah. I think Johnny would make friends with everybody. I think he's the type of guy that people want to make friends with Johnny, Mm -hmm. the way it's been written. Well, he is the greatest guy, yeah. So Yeah. Also, is he like the type of guy that wouldn't necessarily understand boundaries? Like, wouldn't get that, like, you don't have your therapist (laughs) over to your house (laughs) and then give him the vodka water bottle? No, no, no. There is no boundaries with this guy. He asked how Mark's sex life was in a cafe. <laughs> anyway, how is your sex life? Yeah, he's... I don't think he has boundaries. Which is why he's confused when the boundaries he clearly thinks Lisa should have are broken. Yeah. That's why it's just this this person has no no sense of private conversation. Especially with this one. If it's your friend, supposed to be your friend, mm-hmm. you don't go like, oh, I think my girlfriend's cheating on me with no... Well... First off, this Peter, he's not there all the time. So maybe he doesn't even, he barely knows Lisa or Johnny, really. Yeah. He's like, hey, want to come over some for some water? <laughs> <laughs> and I think my fiance is cheating on me. It's really weird because you don't establish the person and the situation just quite yet. Well, right. This is, this is the first we see of Peter and it's Johnny venting. Yeah. Which is really weird to do in any movie. Yeah. Like, we should know who Peter is before he's your tool for your character. Yeah. So, I, I, I think he has, like, this weird concept of what personal boundaries are. And it's very fluid. If he doesn't want to talk to it, then it, talk about it, then it's out of bounds. But if he wants to talk about something, then you aren't opening up. Yeah. Like, when he came, when he walked in on Michelle and Lisa... They had a secret and that bothered him. Yeah. yeah. As far as he knows, it's some tiny little thing. They just didn't feel like telling him and yeah. or whatever, but he's upset. And you know, sometimes to be honest, as far as the movie goes, he has had no reason to not trust her. True. Well, up until the conversation where she said that she wasn't faithful. Right. But that was after he was already upset. Yeah. Like he got upset because she had a secret. But he didn't even know if it was anything important or anything big. It could have been Michelle's secret. Yeah. Well, he has been accused of domestic abuse already, so. Yeah. True. But it it could be like, you know, a surprise present. Just something. Mm. You don't, just because a person wants to hold a secret necessarily doesn't mean that they're cheating on you. Right. Without any evidence. It could have just been girl talk. Yeah. Well, yeah, his birthday party, his birthday's coming up. They could have been talking about his birthday party. Yeah. It could have been a secret of the friend. Yeah. You just don't tell, like, oh, he knows the person that you you have a secret about, so we're not going to mention anything until it's okay to say something. They could have been telling the horribly embarrassing story about Mike in his underwear. Yep. They didn't know he knew that story. Yeah, but he immediately went to, I think she's cheating on me, which, I mean, we know that she's cheating on him, right. but the character doesn't. Right. So he's still kind of reading this as... The audience, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, the, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Is that scene. And it's like, why? Yeah. It's too early for him to be that upset. Yeah. To be fair, he stole that line from Rebel Without a Cause, where that is literally mm-hmm. in, like, the opening scene. Yeah. So, whatever. But it could be, like, I don't know, she's wants to surprise him with some DoorDash or something, and he's like, <laughs> oh, you're tearing me apart. The secret is she already ordered a pizza. I already ordered a pizza. <laughs> yeah. The secret is she has DoorDash in 2003. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Well, it is San Francisco, so. <laughs> and she ordered a horrible pizza, but we won't get into that too much. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? There There is no 
reason to believe that she's cheating on him to Johnny. Well, there wasn't before yeah. the last scene. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is. He he implies what the twist of the story is going to be on his own. Uh-huh. That's kind of like if you're watching Sixth Sense and then Bruce Willis looks at the mirror and goes, I think I'm a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're revealing something that isn't right. known to you that's supposed to be a huge turning point really early before your character figures out. A better comparison would be the village, not Sixth Sense. Yeah. Because they do that. They show the monster well, show's the wrong word, but they show the monster to the blind girl well before the audience should know that. Yeah. And it ruins the rest of the movie because it's like Ex- it, it, so what, you know? Exactly. She's not in danger now. But then the village is also the only reason why Village gets away with a little bit more than the room is because of the production value. Oh, yeah. But that's what I mean. It's just like, why would you reveal that if you have no reason to say it? You know, it could have been that he walks into the party and thinks he's going to have a present waiting for him. And then he sees him cheating. And he's like, I had no idea. That would make more sense than that. I knew it. Especially with setting up the recording and all that. It just doesn't make sense. Right. It's because Tommy knows that Johnny knows. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't really talk about it last minute. But the fact that he already had like the tape ready and that scene was set up is weird. Especially because he's not surprised by the news. No. It would work better if he's surprised by the fact that she's cheating on him. Instead, he's just like, I'm going to prove it. Yeah. He's trying to catch her in the act, not try and find out. Right. He's going to capture evidence, which he doesn't need. Rather than be shocked by it. Yeah. And, oh God, all this doesn't make sense. Like, why he needs to have evidence. Because these are those parts where it's like, it, it seems to bleed over from a past relationship that he had that was bad. Mm-hmm. Because it makes no sense why he's trying to get evidence. Well, yeah. And every, everyone in their friend circle is going to believe him when he confronts her on it. Because she's already confessed it to everyone. Yeah, maybe it's that. It's just so all the friends believe it. Yeah. But she's already told everyone. But I guess he doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't a know that. A lot of them know. <laughs> yeah, a lot That's of them already point. know. I didn't think about that. She's telling everyone but Johnny. Eventually he'll find out. Someone will just tell him. One of his best friends should step up and just sit, just tell him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but which best friend? Oh, man. <laughs> Good question. He's best friends with everybody. From like, maybe the florist <laughs> should have said something. The, the florist probably knows, too. Yeah. The florist <laughs> is like passing him a note. Lisa's yeah. cheating on you. Lisa. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, Johnny, you're my favorite customer. You're my favorite customer. And your fiance is cheating on yeah. you. <laughs> she slips the note in the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Which he then doesn't even read because he just hands it to Lisa and she just tosses the note. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell? Or the dog barks in his subtitles. <laughs> She's cheating on you, Johnny. Dog language. <laughs> oh, hi, doggy. Lisa's so thirsty, she's probably been buying flowers for Mark the whole time anyway, so. Yeah. That dog on the counter still is the weirdest part of this. Like, why? Why would the dog... It's there. Yeah. No, weirder it's for me weird. was that the opposite side of the counter, there's a person there I had never noticed until I slowed the movie down. <laughs> oh, my God. I need to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the, there's two owners of the store. One is talking. The other one is just sitting at the other side of the counter. Not moving, just like the dog. <laughs> when I noticed that, I'm like, what the hell? I, oh my God, that's going to make me feel like a T-Rex. Like, I just didn't notice this person because <laughs> it didn't move. Well, same with <laughs> Tommy and the dog. He didn't notice it until that take. Well, the uh, shop owner didn't know Johnny was there for a while, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny, I didn't recognize you. You're my favorite customer. She knew someone was there. 
How did you not recognize your favorite customer? He looks just like everyone else because he's just a, your yeah. average American banker. <laughs> and how many how how many flowers does he buy? I'm guessing at least once a week. He alternates through gifts. That is weird. I'm sorry. I'm a romantic, but that is weird. That's expensive. Like buying that. It's very expensive to do that. Well, if they've been together for seven years and they haven't gotten married yet, maybe the reason he isn't surprised at Lisa's cheating on him is that seven year itch thing. It's like he feels we missed it because it's not in the movie, but he's feeling a distance between them already. And so he's been giving her a lot more gifts lately as they lead up to their wedding. He's just reminding her, by the way, you belong to me. We're going to be legally connected soon. I think they say at one point it's a month away at early in the film. It's it's weird because we also have no basis of time. No. From what we see, this entire movie covers less than a... Well, based on when she tells her mother the party is Friday, the movie covers like less than a week. It, it's just so weird because they could say that the wedding's in a month, mm -hmm. but the timeline could be something straight out of Memento. Yeah. That we don't even know when they said that month was going to be. Well, it's like when they said they were together for five years, and then they say they're together for seven. Maybe it's been two years since that scene. We don't know. Yeah, see, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I never even caught that. It's it's very confusing. I That's why it's still kind of not established when they're getting married, because of yeah. stuff like that. That's why it, it just leads more to that who hurt you, Tommy, because maybe he was with someone for five years. Yeah. Or seven, who knows? Or seven, yeah. whichever. I don't know. And the inconsistencies like that just kind of show that they never really had a full script that someone actually went through right. to, like, look for the little inconsistencies. No. And then they're filming mostly in order, which meant someone could have tried to keep up, but then some of the stuff wasn't filmed in order, and so no one could. Yeah, but I know there's a specific job for someone to do that for the timeline and to figure out when the recording or when um, you would possibly tape for something based on whose schedules and whatnot. But I'm assuming all of that was taken under uh, Tommy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That whichever one he wanted to film, or if he was filming in order. Because who was in charge of editing? Tommy. Yeah. So so everybody thought, like, uh, probably a lot of the stuff was going to be fixed in post. Yeah. And then they're like, wait, we filmed all that in order? How was that in order? Mm -hmm. So Well, and Peter, of course, wasn't filmed in order because this was his last scene. Yeah. Yeah. Did he film it before the everybody else did or at like kind of like in sequence of the scenes? I think this would have been after his other scenes in terms of the sequence. So it was filmed much later. Yeah. Okay. It's still weird. Uh, by the way, minute 16, it is Mark that says you're going to be married next month. Oh, that's right. But they're not. That's the closest we get is next month. But a lot of time has passed since. Wow. I'm, I'm really spacing like what? Because it's also it's already hard to tell like when time passed mm -hmm. because it's always daylight. Yeah, except when they had sex. Yeah, other than the party, that's the only time there's really not a lot of nighttime. It could take place over a year, or it could take place over a week. I what well, I think it's a yeah. it's other than the first few scenes, it's a week because she specifies that his birthday party is. I think she says Friday. She doesn't even say next Friday. She's like Friday, and so does all this happen in a week. Yeah. Yeah. This ramps up really fast for a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Action pack week. Yeah. Like, first she, like, she, okay, so she loves Johnny. She loves Mark. Her mom has breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Danny has a run-in with a drug dealer. Yep. Mike has a run-in with his underwears. Yeah. That's two days, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot, of, like, a lot has happened right now. 
Johnny's been outdoors like four or five times. So that means he's not even at work half the time. Yeah. Maybe that's why she cheated on him. She doesn't even know where he's at. She's calling his work and he's not there because he's buying roses and she doesn't know. For that matter, when this will come up later, but when are Johnny and or Tommy? Wait, who's who? Johnny and Mark <laughs> jogging. That seems like like a weekend thing, you know. But if the party's Friday, they're jogging like Wednesday or Thursday because that's right before that. Well, you you can. I mean, you could if you're in shape, you can jog almost any time. Right, but it's been. Oh no, it has been daytime when he gets home from work, so I guess it's fine. Yeah. See, but that that's where it's weird. It's. How much time does he actually spend at work? Because he has time to come home during the day to jog. We don't know how early he gets up because we only see the minutes on his alarm. Because he's <laughs> a vampire. <laughs> ah. You know, if you've if you've saved the, the bank millions of dollars and they pass you over for promotion, yeah. you might be just sloughing it anyway, right? Like Maybe he's actually not good at his job. These guys. Yeah. I saved them millions of dollars by not coming <laughs> into work and using sick time. <laughs> I don't know. It. I, I'm just my head spinning, guys. <laughs> my head spinning. Personality is the largest expense. And we haven't even talked about what they're saying in this minute yet. <laughs> oh my god, we haven't even started. <laughs> like we established, yeah. He tells Peter that Lisa's unfaithful. I have a serious problem with Lisa. Um, I don't think she's faithful to me. In fact, I know she isn't. Uh, he tells her, tells me, overheard a conversation. Yeah, I'm sure I overheard a conversation between Lisa and her mother. His delivery in that line is, he says, yes, I'm sure I overheard, right? It's not, yes, he's sure that they cheated. He's sure that he overheard. <laughs> yeah, his pause is weird. Like, it's not separate sentences. Yeah. Well, the previous line was weird, too. I have a serious yeah. problem with Lisa. I don't think she's faithful to me. In fact, I know she isn't. Who talks like that? Johnny Goodguy talks like that. Yeah. Yeah. Polish New Orleans fella talks like that. But clearly, Peter doesn't know that Johnny's the bestest guy and that right. Lisa's the worstest. Because he, he asks, like, twice, like, are you sure? Well, also, Peter doesn't know he's a psychologist. Yeah. That's why Johnny has to tell him. True. I don't know what to say. But you are a psychologist. Do you have some advice? Let's remind him what role he fills in Johnny's life. <laughs> Medication dispenser. You know that, that Black Mirror, like, Star Trek episode? Where the guy is making all the people play characters. That's yeah. what it kind of feels like sometimes in this. Like, that's why they have to keep reminding each other who they are. Like, you're Johnny's best friend. You're his future wife. You're a psychologist. They don't know until someone tells them. Someone should have told Denny what he, what yeah. he is then. You're a child. Stop dealing drugs. He, <laughs> he doesn't seem to know. I, I, there's weird camera move in here. I mean, they're getting some close ups in the, sh in the scene, which are kind of nice. But for some reason, we get a close up on Johnny looking up. Before Peter is standing, and we never actually see Peter stand up, possibly because there was a bad shot of Peter standing up because he wasn't unsteady on his feet because he had a concussion. I don't know. This is his most unsteady yeah. portion here towards the end of this minute, really. I do like the weird rack focus mm -hmm. shot of the two of them, right? Where you see Tommy in focus. Yeah. Or sorry, Johnny in focus. And then it, it pulls to, uh, to Peter. I mean, I like it in a sort of like mall senior portrait <laughs> kind of way. Where he's at the mantle. Yeah, yeah. And I would sort of expect the focus to pull back to Johnny, but it, it never really does. So there's a one-move sort of thing. I guess that's probably as advanced as they could do with that. Well, and there's a reason also this is probably some of the interesting camera work is this is also the last day for the second director of photography, Graham Futterfoss. Uh, he would quit the next day. We'll talk about that when we get to the end of the scene. But 
there was a dispute over their use their needing a generator for the set and tommy didn't want to buy one so maybe he was doing his best work is because he's like yeah i'm done here i'm just gonna have some fun get the close-ups he wants i'm gonna try a little something now i'm really curious about the theory of like peter with a concussion because every time i'm looking i'm wondering is his bad just direction or does he have a concussion both (laughs) <laughs> because well yeah it very easily could yeah. be both but like at the 15 second mark well anytime there's a close-up with peter mm-hmm. he has that situation where he he's not centered on his vision right you know like which happens with people with concussions they yeah. their their balance isn't right and so their head tilts because they think they're seeing something properly on, on a plane but no one here has an eye line of what they're supposed to be looking at no so you can't i'm that's what i'm looking at like I can't tell only one eye has a dilated pupil. And I also don't know if he's not leveled properly because of a concussion. Or this is just horrible. Because <laughs> the lighting is bad as well. Which would probably explain the other generator. And there's no eye line for him to guide like where he's supposed to look. Because Tommy doesn't have it either. Mm-hmm. Which is why he looks up. Yeah, the, the only time you get what seems like an appropriate eye line is the thing I was talking about. Second 23, Johnny has a good eye line for where Peter is when he's standing. It just happens before Peter's standing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and even Tommy's positioning is weird. Like, if there was a like a world speed record for sitting up and leaning back, mm-hmm. I think Johnny would have won it in this moment because he's instantly, you know, reclined or <laughs> forward or reclined or forward. Well, it's because the close-ups were all filmed at the end of the scene. And so right. he didn't know what he was doing before. It cuts and he's in a completely different position. I'm just wondering if, if he redid this one. What do you mean? Um, Like maybe he after Peter left, like to do his regular work, maybe he wasn't happy and then reshot this and then he couldn't remember quite possibly where he was. Well, I think, no, I think it was that same day. He just couldn't remember what he was doing. Okay. Like that's how they, I mean, they did rehearse scenes, but I don't think they rehearsed very much. And usually the rehearsals didn't really involve Tommy. He thought he was... He knew what was happening and he'd do it, just do it. This is the only, one of the few scenes where they have a lot of close-ups. And so it was, he just wasn't prepared for it. He does look decidedly less puffy in this close-up though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he got the puffification. Or more puffy. Yeah. Less liney. Peter tells him it's a complicated situation. It's a complicated situation, Johnny. It is. Cause I mean, you're my friend. I mean, you're my friend and I don't want to get between you and Lisa. Because, well, not only that, but isn't psychology kind of like a field of how people behave, but a therapist actually analyzes how a person acts? Well, yeah, he could, by psychologist, it's kind of a large enough term. We don't know what he actually would do for his job. Does he, is he yeah. a therapist? He, he does psychology stuff. Right. Maybe he just teaches psychology at the same college yeah. where Denny goes and where Mike and Michelle go, where Lisa used to go. And where Johnny got his degree in, what was it? Financial economics? Agricultural economics. Agricultural economics, yeah. This is a very lucrative uh, <laughs> university. I'm not quite sure if uh, SFU actually does all that or SF State. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So he, he does it all or that, that college does it all. It's kind of in- interesting how you could learn agriculture in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> we got a nice farm industry in central california and i mean you, the college would have to be in the city yeah you just drive you drive east of- but but also not four hours away from where the <laughs> agriculture area is this uh, yeah a lot of this does, does make sense peter's initial advice is if you want to you should confront her but look mm-hmm. which is if you want to you should confront her 
Which is sound advice. Good advice. It doesn't have to come from a psychologist. Yeah. You can do this with anybody. But of course, Johnny can't confront her. Right. I can't confront her. I want to give her a second chance. After all, she's my future wife. Because he wants to give her a second chance, which is Johnny is not only Johnny good guy, he is Johnny sweet guy. Yeah. He wants to forgive. But this is also Johnny lying to himself because he is trying to catch her in the act by recording her. Yeah. How does that fit with wanting to give her a second chance? So it doesn't make him a good guy at all. And if you never confront a person, can you even give them a second chance? Like if the person doesn't know. Right. I guess. Yeah. Give her a second chance for what? If you don't confront her, she's not going to end her affair. Just is she just going to wait it out. Right. Yeah. See. Okay. So some people like when they know they're being cheated on, what they try and do is try to ignite the flame somehow yeah you know, make them realize like the person they're with is a person they should be with mm-hmm. they do some nice gestures etc which he has been doing yeah but johnny's already done that in the prior with the red dress etc so he's done nothing to try and prove what's going on because we also don't know why lisa's cheating you know it might be he's working a lot but he's not doing that in the scenes right so we have no idea but when you record her you're also saying i know she's cheating She's the bad person, and I'm going to catch her in the act. It's kind of weird to say, I'm going to give you a second chance once I've caught you in the act. Right. It's more like, I'm going to blackmail you into having a further relationship with me. Exactly. Yeah. So it is really weird that he believes in a second chance, yet wants to catch her in such a way that you're already convinced that this person is a bad person. Yeah. Even if, at best, he just wants evidence so he knows who she's with. Yes. That still doesn't lead to... Not confronting her or that person and giving her a second chance. It doesn't fit the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. So I I think this is more of Tommy lying to himself about his past relationship. That he wants to give her a second chance for whatever he's done. But he's lost that opportunity Mm -hmm. but writes it into the movie. Yeah, because after all, she's his future wife. Yep. Maybe maybe also Tommy is uh, Chris R. (laughs) In a way. I don't know. I gave you money and then you use it. To buy dresses. And then the last couple lines in this minute are very important to what we, I think what he thinks we should be taking from this is Johnny's line, of course. You know what they say, love is blonde. You know what they say, love is blind. He doesn't really just say that line either. (laughs) Sort of, love is blind. Love is blind. God, this line read is so bad. Yeah, it's really bad. But how, okay. If I see something and I say that is the color red, you can't tell me. And and you, then someone says like, yes, that is the color red. I can't turn around and go, I'm also colorblind. <laughs> because he knows exactly oh. what she's doing. Yeah. Like, what is that? Wh- in the Yeah. Well, in this context, what does that mean? Yeah. How is love blind? Love, love being blind means I'm so in love with her. I couldn't tell that she was doing something bad to me. Right. It doesn't mean that you're able to forgive them. That's a different thing. This is, love is blind is bigger. Exactly. Yes. And clearly he's not blind. Yes. So he, he can say that I can see my future with her, etc. It's like, it sucks that this is happening. I just love her. You don't say like, I'm also, and it also love is blind. Right. And with the editing, we went from, he found out. Already had a tape ready and set up the recorder. Yeah. Cut to without a transition shot, like an establishing like San Francisco, like they normally would do, to this scene of him asking Peter about it. So it's like he's immediately trying to do two things in response. Yes. That's not love is blind. No. 
because he already he already suspects her mm-hmm. of cheating on him that means that he sees what's going yeah. on it love is not blind it makes it very weird <laughs> it's just as weird as the line read it's like he wants to believe it but it's it, maybe the line reading is good then in a sense because he doesn't believe what he's saying it's like he wants to say it he wants to believe it and he's hoping peter can reaffirm it yeah Maybe that sing-song tone is his sarcastic tone. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, it's not deliberate sarcasm. It's sort of he's he's hoping it's true. Yeah. So, and then Peter responds, of course, at the end of the minute with, "You've got a lot. You've got a lot of faith in Lisa. Oh, you got a lot of faith in Lisa, which is in this moment clearly not true. <laughs> well, no, 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 to Peter, <laughs> not to Tom or Johnny, right? Whichever. So, according to Peter, love is somewhat blind." That part doesn't make sense, but he loves her, so he has faith in her. Still doesn't make sense. Well, yeah. But I think he's just trying to tell Johnny what Johnny should not necessarily hear, but get him to admit what he's feeling. Because with what little bit he's saying, even though incredibly wrong how you lead somebody to the correct answers, because it seems like Johnny already has the correct answers. This scene kind of reveals how Johnny's supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. So as a therapist, Peter's doing us a job. As a psychologist, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you see what I mean, though? Like Johnny's kind of admitting to himself what he really wants to believe at this point. So yeah. I don't know. It, it's really weird how it all ties together because it's done in a minute. Right. It's wrapped up. At that, but then also the same scene continues. And it's yeah. so it's a weird setup. It almost needed to be more self-contained. Or at least open. Like, I don't know. And then go to the tape of him recording. That would have been edited a little bit better. Like, he doesn't trust her, and then you see the recording. Yeah. Like, him setting up like the tape. Like, after this whole scene, he sets up the tape. Yeah. And instead, like, it was love is clearly blind. the same scene, because he walked down from the yeah. stairs and did it. Like, I think she's cheating on me. So he sets up a recording somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Typical Tommy in the room. You know what they say. Love is blind, but also has a tape recorder. <laughs> Yeah. You know what they say? Love has a tape recorder. Well, they didn't say love yeah. is deaf. No, love's not deaf. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he meant there was no video camera. He meant it literally. Yeah. He meant love is blind. Isn't he hasn't seen her cheating on him? Yeah. <laughs> this would be a point where he buys flowers to put a mic in. <laughs> didn't they do that on Full House? They did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it would have made more sense, but it's a San Francisco thing. You put the tape recorder in the flowers. He should, if he wants to know who Lisa's cheating on him with, he should just ask Denny because he's creeping around and watching everything. Yeah, he likes to watch. Yeah, yeah Denny yeah, knows everything. Probably seen it. Yeah, <laughs> and nothing at the same time. Yes, God, everybody is like, uh, like it's not that everybody's character is complex; is everybody's character is complicated. Yeah, yeah. Now, to not be complicated, notes from a midnight screening for this minute. Notes from a midnight screening. They start awful, then they get back to the good running joke. Because Johnny says he has a serious problem with Lisa. People scream, what? Like they're shocked. When he says, uh, I don't think she's faithful to me, someone yelled, she's a woman. <laughs> they forgot to say because she's a woman, but it was the same idea. They, 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 they don't like Lisa. Then, of course, in this minute, every time Peter is on screen, we get people yelling, Peter, Peter, over here. And about, <laughs> I think it's 20-something seconds, 30 seconds in, there's a focus because Peter is not in focus in the background. And 
Right at the end of the minute, we get a few interesting ones. He says, after all, she's my future wife. Someone corrects him. Or the audience corrects him. Fiance. <laughs> and everyone says with him, love is blind. And then they applaud because that's that's <laughs> the brilliance of this minute. And then Peter comes back on at the end of the minute. So there's more Peter, Peter over here. And I don't even think we find out what that is on Friday. <laughs> that just keeps going. <laughs> oh, God. This movie is exactly what you'd expect. <laughs> It really does deliver. That's the thing. You can't you can't get let down, but you also can't get your expectations met. Yeah. But something I like about the, the midnight screening stuff is there's really dumb and horrible things like because she's a woman and stuff like that. And then there's the brilliance of things like people yelling for Peter this entire scene. Because it has a payoff at the end of the scene and it's great. And they do that if they do that later with at the party scene where Tommy looks down and so people will run up to the bottom of the screen and be like, Tommy, 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 look down here. Just in time for him to do it. And it's great. <laughs> Just like telling people to remember to set your alarm right before we cut to the alarm. And the jokes that set up things are some of my favorites. I think that's good for minute 53. So, David, where can the listeners hear more from you? Sure. So uh, I'm currently pre-production on both the Rock and Roll High School Minute podcast and the Edge of Tomorrow Minute podcast. So uh, those will be with us shortly. Probably not until 2020 for either of them, but it, we have uh, Facebook landing pages for, for both of them set up at this point. So if you go and go there and search for either of them, you can give us a like and you'll see the information pop up in your feed when, it, when it's ready. Rad. And Johan, how about you? Well, we finished last year, Roughneck Minute, about Starship Troopers. And me, Matt, and Alex, we are working on ID4 Minute, which is Independence Day. We're currently on hiatus because of everything that's been going on. All positive stuff in our lives has just been really busy. <laughs> so it's not wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! Mm-hmm. <laughs>